good news. Uh, my legs went a little better. Um, for, um, and I'm turning 19 in two days, which, um, which is also fun. <laughs> um, I was called not only up to camp, but I feel like, you know, I didn't really, was not ready to go. And in certain ways, I didn't know why I wasn't ready. You know, and it's, you know, I think it was some of the lame excuses I've been given, you know. And then when I get, was called up there and I was said, you know, for those who gave out money for me to go, I thank you guys and all those who prayed for me and all those who prayed for our youth group, you know. And, um, it was really fun, and what I learned from it was, you know, it was mind-boggling, you know, to say, you know, and um, I'm thinking about, you know, my calling, which what I want to do is go back to Alaska and start a youth group and start a church up there. I've always uh, dreaded the day that I had to speak into one of these. Uh, for a long time, I've had a whole bunch of curveballs in my life, and uh, it's as though the Lord said, here, take this opportunity, give me all this weight, give me all this pressure, I'm going to take it and just obliterate it, give you this time to breathe, think, and just... I just can't wait to see what I can give him in return. I mean, we all saw a miracle over there. We saw our friend's knee get blown out. And then uh, the whole field just took a knee and prayed, and he came back just walking onto the camp. It was just amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give rest of the mic before my heart explodes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, um. I'm actually glad I brought Eric to camp. It was my idea to bring him and just to see how... Hey, you can't deny it. (laughs) But I'm glad he went and uh, had the experiences he had. And I kind of wish I had the same experience that he had, like feeling like overwhelmed with different feelings and everything. And everybody felt that way too, but I feel like I didn't really get anything. And everybody's like, well... You, it'll come and sink in some like one day, like someday, sometime soon, and I hope it does. Like, and apparently everybody thought I was inside a shell. I was not. <laughs> I was just <laughs> just a, just an awkward turtle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made new friends there and found some people to hang around and like kind of know Lord a little more and I'm just going to pass this (laughs) (laughs) well camp was fun (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see Um, me and Kara hung out a lot she's not here am I but one night we were at Victory Circle, and um, these guys were, like, messing around. They were kind of funny. And one of them came up to us. His name was Daniel. 
and he gave his testimony of how, like, the day Sunday before he came to camp, he, like, stopped doing, like, drugs and alcohol and stuff, and that the Lord, like, cleared him from all of that, I guess you'd say. And he said that many people were called, but only few were chosen. And he told me that um, he prophesied that I was the chosen one. I don't know for what, but I'm chosen. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, the singer was really cute. <laughs> All right. Jake has the mic now. Things are about to get exciting. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I don't need, I can, I can, oh yeah, turkey lips. Uh, so, <laughs> we, came to, we came to camp all excited, we were all pumped up, and I mean, the whole thing around that I had my mind focused on, especially after getting all pumped up for camp, was these, was these guys right here, led, we, all, we were all led by Stu, and I remember one thing Stu told us, uh, it was something about, what was like a triple braided cord, it's a, a triple braided cord, it's difficult to break. And uh, and I remember on that Thursday, I re- like it, we were playing this game. It was called Redneck Baseball, <laughs> and and I was like, uh oh, this this can't be good because every time there's a baseball game, somebody gets hurt. So redneck, yeah. We put it, you put the word redneck in any game. There's no there doesn't have good results. <laughs> so uh. I, my common sense was, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to get hurt this time. I'm going to go sit back over by the wall and just watch. So <laughs> I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm, talking with, I'm talking with some friends, and all of a sudden I hear everybody go silent. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And I look up, and there's about the whole camp. There's 500-plus people. Everybody is on their knees, and their hands are in the sky. And, you, and it completely silent. You can hear crows from like a mile away making their little air, air. <laughs> and I was like, something's really up. And I'm like wondering what's going on. And then uh, I, can, I can't remember if it was Cheyenne or somebody else comes run up and saying, it's Chris. And I'm like, oh, no, triple braided cord. And <laughs> it's, I'm like, we're thinking, oh, no, this can't be good. So I, I go running over there and, uh, I see Eric standing over there, some of the girls, and they're over around him. And I try to go over there, and I have some, my friend Jordan from uh, uh, church in Bullhead. She's, she's yelling at me. She's like, Jake, get back over here. Give him some space. I'm like, and then a, ca- and a cabin leader came up to me. He's like, no, you can't go any further. They're working over there. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I really wanted to see Chris because I wanted to go over there and pray for him. And uh, so I just went back to where I was, and... Again, it was completely silent, and I heard I heard them say over the walkie-talkie, which it sounded like a loudspeaker. It was like walkie-talkies aren't supposed to be that loud. <laughs> and I hear I hear the a voice come on there and says, "We need to get the backboard." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Chris, what did you do?" <laughs> and uh, and I see them lift Chris up and they put him on this little cart and they take him away, and everybody's clapping and everybody's praying, and I was and. We go back to the cabin, and it's just an, it was just like an eerie sight because what we thought happened is we thought he dislocated his knee, had a concussion, he had neck injuries, and we were afraid that part of his back got messed up. And it was an eerie sight seeing his bed empty, and I was just like, don't, and a concussion. 
Yeah. We didn't want it. Chris was there in spirit, so we put little, we put his little socks out his covers, and people came back and was like, whoa, there's Chris. And he was like, yeah, that's Chris, all right. Mm. So I remember that later that day, everybody was at Victory Circle, and I was at the cabin getting something. And I turn, and I look behind me, and I see Chris, hobble, he's hobbling his way, he's walking around, and I'm like, Chris, what happened? And he's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, the bear got me. But then he's like, I'm totally fine now. And he lifts in when he, when, uh, when, what was it? When they, they, when you, people saw his knee, it was like the size of a cantaloupe. And it was just, the nurse said she's never seen that many shades of purple before. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and just, he, he lifts up his little, his lifts up his leg and it's just, it looks like a, just a normal knee. It's just got a little red mark on it from a bruise. And I always said to myself, I always said to myself, I wanted to have faith that I would see a miracle. Like when I thought of a miracle, I would see of a blind person seen for the first time and I want, and, or a uh, paralyzed man such as my dad. I'd always wanted to see him get up out of a wheelchair and walk. I thought that was going to be a miracle that I was going to see. And it still may be. I might see that, but the, it's on its way. But I... Just to see what happened to Chris, I saw, I, right, right there, I knew, that's a miracle. And, and it took five, 500 people on their knees. And I think not only did that change everybody's mindset that God is real and that he do, there is a such thing as miracles that he gives, but also I think it changed Chris and made him a way better person. And I bet, and I feel that he, that God has touched them in a way that many wish that God could touch them in that way. And I think and I think we all came back off that mountain changed and we are we are ready to give that change to everybody around us that are in our schools, uh, people that have not accepted Christ. We want we want to make that we want to help them and tell them about God and it tell and they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior and just great things are going to happen not in, around us right now. And we're, there's a big change coming, and we're excited for it. I don't like public speaking, so. Um, so, okay, camp was good. But, um, so, uh, well, I wasn't really, like, I wasn't, but. Um, good job, Brittany. <laughs> So, like, I went up there, and, like, I wasn't feeling it this year. Like, I packed at 1 o'clock in the morning the day before we left. And so, like, um, I wasn't, like, going up there with these intentions of being moved. And um, I got up there, and I was like, okay, I don't feel it. It's, like, it's there. The games are fun. You know, I fell down a few times. But, like, like, um, I feel like... I've been struggling with acceptance, and I've been, like, making up these lies about myself <laughs> for people to accept me. And um, God's like, don't forget about me because, like, I'm right here and I accept you. And it was like... This is embarrassing. <laughs> like, 
like it was like you don't have to pretend to be something you're not for others to accept you. If they're not going to accept you for who you are in Christ, then it's not it's not worth wasting your time in the world. I'm like, so that was really awesome. And then, um, you know, camp was over, and we're waiting for the bus or the van to come and get us. And um, I uh, was just reading my Bible because, like, as soon as camp's over, you feel the enemy just try to get you. And um, so I was just reading my Bible, and um, I read Ephesians 12. And it basically summed up everything we learned in camp, and it was like, we as a youth in these days, these are the last days, and we are, we are an army, and we're rising up, and we're going to go take out the world, and we're going to go save our schools, and we're going to go save our jobs and our people at work, and, um, <laughs> and it was like, it said, remember the creator in the last days as a youth, because you're rising up for a battle, and you already know. You know, the victory is ours. The battle's already been won, and we just need to go out there. We need to tell people. We need them to stop keeping it to ourselves. And, like, I, I've, I feel like I've been called to the mission field. And so, like, I've been just waiting. Okay, when I turn 18, I'm going to go to a mission. And, like, but God told me, why wait till you're 18 when your neighbor needs Christ? Why wait till you're 18 when your school needs Christ? And so... So, um, that's, that's what he said to me. (laughs) For those who believe signs, miracles, and healings will follow. Believe. And that's what, that's what they've been given so much ammo this, this time at camp is just, you guys have the faith, you have the belief in our Lord Jesus Christ. You have the power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. You can call it by name. You can call it by depression. You can call it by anxiety and fear or anything that somebody might have against you. Just call it by name, cancer, or anything uh, that comes against you. You have the power in the name of Jesus, and they've been given that tool. And now they're coming back, and they're going to infiltrate in their schools. They've been given things that they know their rights at school. They can carry Bibles. They can pray on school campuses. They can do many things that have been stripped from them by their teachers and principals and everything that they are told that they cannot do, but they can. They have rights as students. As parents, we do not, or as youth leaders or whatnot, we cannot. But if they're the voice... We can support them, and that's what we've been given as leaders is to come and support them, be here for them, let them know that they have these tools and you have more to give. Yes? Okay. So that's what our mission now is to give them these tools to take in and take to their friends at school that that need to know Jesus and and find that they have things inside. At camp, I help Miss Jackie with the kids and everything, and I hope that I can go again next year when I'm 19 to be a leader to help her more because those kids can really like polarize. <laughs> yes, Ressa was a very good undercover assistant for me. She was uh, there for the little ones. It, it, you know what? The older ones had no regrets of giving their phones away, their technology. They were just like, here, take it. I don't want, I want to be here at camp. You know, the little ones are like, my phone. <laughs> and it's, so it was, it was kind of a tooth and nail with them. But by the time Wednesday evening came, they didn't ask. Thursday, totally forgot about it because by then they've built up, built up, built up. Now they're just high on God up on the mountain. So they're like, what technology? But then they did, you know, get it back Friday on the way home. 
but so that was that was the biggest struggle is taking the technology away but that was the most important thing so they could actually focus and be you know god oriented instead of technology and media in yes uh, <laughs> wait right, were you going to did you have like something to finish cuz i didn't want it i feel bad now all right did you get a calling of a pastor cuz you like to speak I, well, about that, I remember a few years ago, I think it was like two years ago, uh, God called me for worship, and I was like, all right, this is going to be cool, but I got older, and as a teenager, you get really like scared and uncomfortable, like Brittany and Jessica, before, the, before we spoke, they're just like, I don't know what to say, they're gonna, I was like, they're going to laugh at me, <laughs> and, but yeah, like... <laughs> Oh, I've been in trouble. I've been in trouble since I told him my name. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I, at camp, I felt like there was this with worship. There was a missing piece of that puzzle, and I was, and I felt like you know, there's something missing because I, I can, I can worship, but I'm not, I am not comfortable worshiping like on a stage in front of everybody because I don't know why. It's just something that's teenagers, you know, uh, but. I got this, but the night, I think it was the first night or the second night, Stu told me that people, people feel really comfortable around me and they cling towards me, that I'm someone they can come to and like just be friendly with and see, like they see me as, this guy has no problems. What's, why is he always happy? <laughs> and uh, I know, it's weird. Like, <laughs> see? They're like, that, why is Jake always smiling? That's how? I don't know how you do it, Jake. And I'm like, well, I don't know either. <laughs> uh, but I felt uh, that night when Stu told me that people cling to me, I got this feeling that God, fa- I found that missing piece of the puzzle. And I think what I want to do is I want to kind of like Ressa said, be a leader. And I want to like help people, not, not only like kids, not the kids, because sometimes they can be a little hard to deal with. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> yeah, and but I want to feel like like sixth graders and seventh graders, the kids in middle school, when they start to get like that mind state, like they're they're starting to get real about things. Things aren't all sunshine and lollipops. Uh, I want to I want to like get make them feel comfortable with worship because I, I remember worship was the first thing God told me, and then making people comfortable is the second thing He told me. So combining those, I want to make people feel comfortable to worship. And I feel like when I talked to the kids right before we prayed over them, seeing all those kids raising their hands, I know that I know that Trayvon and all the other kids is. I was like I was like preaching to Trayvon. I'm like because Trayvon, I see him. I know I'm telling Trayvon. You know what? You you can be all walking around like yeah, check me out. I'm Trayvon. What's up? <laughs> but <laughs> I yeah, he does that already. But I wanted to see him. Praising, praising, praising God. I want to see because I want to see I want to see him do that. And I think Trayvon especially. I don't know. I got this feeling that I want to work with him and I want to see him. I want to see. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait. They get give that a couple more years. I. <laughs> yeah. Let him let him grow up a little more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I feel that that's going to be a great thing. And all those kids, it's just going to be great to see what they do. So yeah. And I just want to say thank you to all of you that helped support and pray and 
support our fundraisers and everything like that. So you can see the transformation that goes along here throughout the year. We're going to be doing more to help them get there next year. And they're already hollering about winter camp, so. Thank you. Uh, Jacob talked a lot of ways about one of my favorite verses is Ecclesiastes 4.9. It talks about a triple braided cord. Um, we got chances of guys to lock arms with some amazing other churches, a church in San Bernardino, and a chance in Norco, which I had to ask, like, where's that at? We had to play this game of, like, it's between this and this, and I'm like, where's that at between this and this? And I'm like, all right, somewhere between here and Mexico. Got it. Um, and really, our goal, um, first of all, was go to our, get into our schools. Um, our goal for this year is Las Vegas High School and Chaparral and El Dorado to get into those um, Bible clubs because um, they can invite us as leaders in, but we can't invite ourselves in. So this is our commando team. Um, our other goal that we really have a vision, um, we believe in praying not only, as Kimberly Dearman says, for blue lakes, we're shooting for a blue sky. Um, our blue sky is for winter camp, um, and our goal is to grow. Um, our triple braided cord, the three churches, we prayed together, and our prayer and our vision that was in our heart was that every, every church, including Grapevine, would need one cabin each. One half for the girls, one half for the boys. And the thing is, barely this whole room here alone would might fill one cabin, which is the adults. So this is our group. We are going to multiply, we are going to grow, and we are going to reach. Um, we want that to be the prayer. We know the resources are out there. Jesus has already made the way. Um, but we need to lock arms with all of us as a group, um, be that triple braided cord, because winter camp is going to be amazing. You've seen the changes happen with these students, and we believe that if we can get 40 or so non-believers or new believers, how radically that will change and how the Holy Spirit can move through that and make an impact in our neighborhood. Um, would you like to pray over them, Dean? Awesome. <clears throat> You already have. <laughs> this is seven out of 11 campers that went to high school camp, and we have seven others, kids that are in camp today. That's a total of 18 campers and three uh, assistants, helpers. Uh, 21 people went to camp. The cost is uh, in excess of $5,000 total. That came about simply because if they had to do it on their own, they'd never make it. They just couldn't do it. And it came about because of your faithfulness and working with these fundraisers and giving furniture or whatever for the yard sale and working together to do it. Is it worth it? Let me ask you that. Okay. So when push comes to shove, and it will next time around, uh, come and help us. You know, all of these fundraisers, I know they're hard. I know they're a pain but they accomplish a great deal. And uh, that is your part of ministry in what you see here as a result of that. We know that when the Spirit of God begins to plant seed in fertile ground, uh, the Scripture says the enemy comes immediately. Immediately, that's OSL. The, the, the enemy comes immediately to catch that seed away so it can't sprout and take root and bring forth other fruit. And so already we know that these kids are under attack and will be attacked about their faith uh, in days ahead. I was really excited to read on Facebook uh, last night, as uh, some posted, uh, I went to camp, I rededicated my life to Jesus Christ, I got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues, and if you don't like that, you can unfriend me. You know? <laughs> but that's... That's, 
that's who I am and don't expect anything different from me. You know, that's the, that's the path I've chosen. If you want a different path, well, that's your choice. Uh, and I think that's what it takes is that determined attitude to say, you know, I know that this is not politically correct. In their high school, they're going to be in a minority, you know, but uh, God has done a wonderful thing in them. So will you stand with me and will you let this be a beginning of your prayer for these young people? Yes, you prayed for them while they were at camp. Will you pray for them on a regular basis as they continue to walk out in shoe leather how this reacts? Because you know that they've got a friend that's going to come up and say, oh, yeah, well, whatever, or I believe this, or I believe something else, or you're going to miss out on this. And uh, they're going to be challenged in their faith in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we just uh, pray your blessing over each and every one of these. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you, Lord, that each and every one of them heard your voice, that your hand was upon them, that they uh, <clears throat> came back with just an excitement and a glow and a joy of the Lord uh, radiating from their face and, and a determination that they're not going to let go, that they're not going to see the enemy steal what you have given them and bless them with. Lord, we pray that you would even now multiply their determination. Lord, that they would be bolder and stronger than they've ever been before. Lord, that they would be loud and outspoken, just plain obnoxious to the world, Lord Jesus. That uh, their, their testimony would remain strong, steadfast, and true. And Lord, the relationships that you've established uh, with the young people here in this, organ in this group and the young people in other youth groups across the country, Lord, that they would... Uh, just be made strong, that these friendships would endure and be strengthened and strengthen their faith. Lord, we pray for their homes. Lord, many of them go back to families where parents are not on board. Lord, where their parents are living a life that is destructive and that you would use them as a light even in that place. Lord, that their witness and their testimony would bring forth much fruit, we pray. Keep your hand upon them. Keep our hearts ever praying toward them, Lord Jesus to sustain and encourage them, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.